This is the message from Connection Community Church for Palm Sunday, April 5th, 2020. John 3.16, He loved, He gave. Good morning, Connection Church and friends. We are just honored to be with you this morning. We hope that you and your family are doing well. We sure do miss you, but we're thankful for technology. It is great to worship together our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. So this season of Lent, this season of preparation for the death and resurrection of Jesus is, well, it's getting close to an end. Um, we've been looking at chapter and verse 316 of several books in the Bible, and uh, today and next Sunday, Easter Sunday, we'll be finishing this series. Today, our focus is on John 316, part one, he loved, he gave. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much that we could be together and worship you right where we are, right in our homes. God, you are so good. And now settle us in that we might hear your message and be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 Well, it was quite a parade, wasn't it? The video that we just saw, it's called Jesus' Triumphal Entry into Jerusalem. He and his disciples and the Jews from in town and out of town made their way to the Passover celebration. It was a week-long festival, and it was so important to the Hebrew people. Mm. And so the people there, they, they welcomed Jesus like some kind of a celebrity or something, honoring him greatly as they laid their cloaks in the street, waved palm branches, hooping, hollering, treating him like a returning hero, a rock star, an all-star. And... Uh, he humbly rode in on a donkey, uh, connecting, uh, connecting with the common people, the everyday people, the people who were out there celebrating in the streets, people like you and me. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Mm. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven. It's a cry of praise and adoration. Somehow these people had heard about Jesus. Uh, maybe some of them had even seen him in person. Uh, you know, this was pre-Facebook, pre-Instagram, pre-YouTube, pre-newspaper, pre-radio, pre-nightly TV news. But somehow word had spread and no wonder. He was healing people. He was, he was casting out demons. He was raising people from the dead. He was walking on water. He was calming storms on, storms on the lake. He was forgiving people their sins. He was, he was feeding thousands, <laughs> starting with nearly nothing. He was doing things they had never seen done before. He was doing things that, things that only God could do. And so they wondered, could, could this be the one God sent? Could this be the Messiah? Could this be the Savior? 
Well, the next day he went to the temple. No parade there. Mm. The temple had become a sleazy marketplace where there were merchants. They were selling overpriced doves that were required for worship. And the out-of-towners needed them. There were also money changers. It was like the bank, and they were taking advantage of these out-of-towners as well who didn't have local currency. Hmm. Check this out, picking it up at Mark 11 at verse 15. Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. Mm -hmm. The chief priests and teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. Mm. How quickly things change, huh? Jesus goes from hero to numero uno at the top of the most wanted list in less than 24 hours. You know, the crowd still loves him, but the religious leaders, they fear him. Here's what we read in the, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they, they fear him to the point of wanting to kill him, wanting to kill him. Jesus was not surprised by this. In fact, in the previous chapter, in chapter 10 of Mark, before he and his disciples ever got to Jerusalem, before a single palm branch was waved, here's what happened. Mark 10, 32 to 34. They were on their way to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples, they were astonished, while, while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We were going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and, and spit on him and flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. And so the question is, why did Jesus do this? Why did he do this when he knew in advance what would happen to him? Well, our verse for the day, John 3.16, tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of men, you're here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, 
above all wealth and treasures of the earth. There's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, lay behind the star. You live to die, rejected and Let's continue as we look at what Luke says in chapter 21, verses 37 and 38. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple, and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. And all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. You know, all the while the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they continued to look at a way to get rid of Jesus. But they had to be really careful because they were afraid of the people. They were afraid of the crowd who came to hear Jesus every single day. Matthew 26, 14 through 16. Then one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him, Jesus, over to you? And so they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. And from then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. And so the one who several days earlier was, was given a hero's welcome, treated like a queen, uh, excuse me, treated like a king, will now be betrayed, given over, offered up for 30 pieces of silver. The the, the price of a slave by one of the 12 who have been with Jesus for the past three years. Later in the week, Jesus shared the Passover meal with his disciples. It was their last meal together. It's the meal we celebrate as Holy Communion. Jesus was giving them a gift. It was new meaning to this elements to the elements of the meal telling them the disciples to remember him in the future every time they shared the bread and the wine mm. the custom in that day was that there would be a servant in the home to wash the feet of the guests as they entered mm. but the room that they were in for that uh, last supper was was rented and so there was no servant Jesus took on that role, the role of the servant, as he washed the feet of the disciples. He, he said he came to serve, not be served, and he 
they told them they should do the same. How ironic that the Son of God, God in the flesh, would be the one to wash the feet of those gathered and not the other way around. How challenging it must have been to have him wash your feet (laughs) after he just told you that you would betray him, as was the case with Judas Iscariot, or that you would desert him, as he told all the others. Talk about unconditional love. He loved he gave. The disciple Peter claimed that he would never leave Jesus. He would <laughs> never deny him, even if everyone else did. And that he, Peter, would lay his life down for his Lord. Well, Jesus informed Peter that, well, before the rooster crowed, Peter would deny him three times. Deny Jesus Three times, how devastating that must have been for Peter to hear Jesus say that and how difficult it was for Peter to utter those words and even more that Jesus knew what was going to happen. Think about this. How many times have we, like Peter, denied Jesus? How many times have we perhaps turned our back on what Jesus would have us do, have us say, have us not do, or have us not say? How many times? How many times? After supper, Jesus and the disciples went to the Mount of Olives to pray. And Jesus went to pray kind of off by himself, taking Peter and James and John, his kind of inner circle with him. He looked to them for support. And what he got was they couldn't even stay awake with him as he prayed in his last hours. And then Judas came with the chief priests and and the elders of the people, and they they proceeded to take Jesus in, to take him before the Sanhedrin, the the Jewish uh, Supreme Court. And while this happened, the disciples, Jesus' closest followers, deserted him, just just as he had told them they would. (laughs) The hosannas of the Palm Sunday parade or just a distant memory now. The religious leaders were adamant that Jesus was guilty because Jesus claimed to be God as he forgave sins. They wanted the death penalty. And so they took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Now, Pilate was reluctant, but the religious leaders kept pushing him, pushing him. A custom at a Passover feast, a festival, was to offer freedom to a Jewish prisoner. And so maybe Pilate thought he could get off the hook. He gave the crowd the choice of Jesus or Barabbas. Barabbas was a man in prison for murder over, you know, during a rebellion. Well, encouraged by the religious leaders, the crowd... The crowd shouted, crucify him, crucify him. And even though Pilate thought that Jesus was innocent, he gave in. He gave in to the people, to what they wanted. Hmm. How often do we go along with those around us for perhaps 
what they're pressuring us to do or say or behave in a certain way rather than doing the right thing, saying the right thing rather than what Jesus would have us do. Jesus is then um, publicly humiliated by the Roman soldiers. They spit on him and they mock the idea of him being king of the Jews by putting a scarlet robe on him and forcing a crown of thorns onto his head. They beat him mercilessly and then led him to his final execution, forcing him to drag his own cross. The religious leaders mocked him as well, saying he saved others, but he can't save himself. My heart is like pounding out of my chest right now. Crucifixion, it's one of the cruelest, most painful ways to put someone to death. Nailed to a cross, it wasn't the loss of blood that caused someone's death, but it was the suffocation because they couldn't lift themselves up to breathe. They, they just collapsed. But here's the thing to remember. Jesus willingly gave up his spirit that day, 3 o'clock on a Friday, 2,000 years ago. It was his choice. He chose to do this. He had the power to change things around, but he allowed himself to be executed, publicly humiliated, and hung on a cross to die a slow, painful death. And we have to wonder, why in the world would he allow this? Why? Why would his Father in heaven allow this? And it points us back to our verse of the day, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He loved. He gave. The ultimate sacrifice for your sins and mine. He paid the price that we can't pay. He paid the price we can't pay. And, and, and it causes us to just wonder, are, are we worth it? Maybe you've wondered that. Am I worth it? I know I have. Am I worth what he went through? <laughs> and we often come to the answer, no, I'm not. But he thought we were. And he still does. That's why he gave his life for you. And for me. A rich man named Joseph of Arimathea, who had become a disciple himself, he took Jesus' body, his dead body, down from the cross, wrapped it in clean linen, and placed it in a new tomb that had been cut into a rock. A large stone was rolled against the entrance. Quite a week, wasn't it? Quite a week. Started with shouts of Hosanna and ended with shouts of crucify him. Started with waving palm branches and ended with hanging from a cross. And we just have to wonder, don't we? How did it happen? How did that happen? And yet, and yet some of our weeks aren't that much different. 
in our lives with Jesus, are they? Yeah. Because we too, on the one hand, are singing Jesus' praises and waving palm branches, so to speak. And yet we all too often crucify him ourselves as we turn our backs on him, as we desert him through our actions, or all too often through our lack of action. In effect, we nail him to the cross very often through what we do or don't do. Through it all, we must never, ever forget John 3.16. Right where you're at, right now, together, whether you're alone or with your family, say John 3.16 with me now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He loved. He gave. His unconditional love in action. It's God's reckless love for me. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.